0: Welcome to Sinful Sarah's Horror Menagerie. I'm your host, Sarah Sin, tackling horror movies, peeling back the layers, and taking a deeper dive into them. Again on the show, I don't just discuss my love of horror movies. I like to bring in the aspect and perspective of horror history, how horror movies tend to reflect society's fears, and since I am a psychology major, I like to bring this aspect and perspective in as well, and see how the horror movie I'm focusing on reflects psychology and mental health in any way. Continuing the theme of Old MacDonald Had a Farm D-E-A-D Dead focusing on uh, farm-themed horror movies with 1981's Dark Knight of the Scarecrow directed by Frank DeFellita I'm sorry if I said that wrong starring Charles Durney as Otis Robert F. Lyons as Skeeter Claude Earl Jones as Philby Lane Smith as Harless Tanya Crow as Marilee Larry Drake as Bubba Jocelyn Brando as Miss Ritter, Tom Taylor as D.A. Sam Willock. So for horror and history, we got vigilante, um, the vigilante aspect, people taking the law into their own hands, you know, a self-appointed doer of justice, that's Marion Webster, people with special needs being treated as, quote, less than. This definitely reflects on how people in the 80s with special needs were really treated horribly, they were treated badly, and they were seen as less than. People who get away with murder, like no justice for the one who was killed. No, there's always excuses for that. Psychology and mental health, we got defense mechanisms, projection, manipulation, power of suggestion, ulterior motives, grief, guilt, pedophilia, jealousy, and remorse. Okay, so I'm going to be doing things a little different tonight or today for the show. Uh, Usually you guys know what that means. It means I have a special guest on my show. So today um, to talk about Dark Knight of the Scarecrow with me is, as any mutant, fellow mutant would know, is the amazing John Brennan. I'm so happy to have you on my show. So what I usually ask is introduce yourself, um, say why you like horror movies, plug anything you want, and why you wanted to talk about this movie, and then we can start talking about the movie. <laughs> All <laughs> so. right.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is really an honor. And I, I don't know. It's, it, so, who am I? I'm John Brennan. Uh, <laughs> it's an existential philosophical question, but uh, the, to the best of my knowledge, I'm I born of the earth and I'm a human man uh, in the 21st century. Uh, I do the music on The Last Drive In. I work for Troma, doing everything from producing the movies to scrubbing the toilets. Uh, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. I choked on a slice of pizza in probably like 1982, Sicilian. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I survived. <laughs> I got the chicken pox on the day I moved uh, from Brooklyn to, to Long Island. Horrible. I mean, it, how could you go from chicken pox? You know, you're moving, you get the chicken pox. It's terrible.
2: <laughs> That's awful. Uh,
1: yeah. So why do I love horror? I'll tell you why. So I was really young and, and stuff like Thriller was scaring the heck out of me. I mean, I was a kid in the 80s. And there was so much horror content coming out. And at first it scared the the bejesus out of me. But um, there was this little movie called The Goonies, which I saw uh, on my graduation day for kindergarten. And I loved it. I loved it. Now flash forward to, I'm a little older and all these, like we're going through a renaissance of 80s horror. And I see Corey Feldman is in these movies that I'm like deathly afraid of, but he's a goonie. So I say, you know what? if the Goonies in it, maybe I could, maybe I can handle it. And what, what am I so afraid of? So I watched Friday the 13th part four. And ever since then, horror has been so much fun. It, I realized that it was not uh life or death the way that I was thinking about it in my mind. It was more a way to exercise the demons. I mean, I wasn't thinking that as a kid. It's what I think now, what I thought as a kid, it just helped me get over my fears by watching these horror movies. So I've been a fan of horror ever since.
0: Oh, good. Yay. Yeah. I- yeah, I've been watching him since I was 5 with my I started with my mom.
1: So, uh, yeah.
0: And she used to, she used to watch him at the drive-in with her dad, and then my daughter started showing interest and I said absolutely, you know, there's rules, like she awesome. I let her like I let her watch pretty much anything um as long as I can explain it to her. Um not sex scenes and that's only because she's too young to understand i can't explain it to her in a way she can understand so sure. i it's the only time i have her close her eyes or walk out of the room is i say honey i'm not a, we're not a prude it's you know the naked body's fine it's just i can't explain this to you in a way but i let her yet. watch it yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah not yet no
0: she's too little no, she I, doesn't i understand it
1: <laughs> back in the day i mean my mother can can't watch anything scarier than a hallmark movie so <laughs> we never really watched horror movies but there were movies that we watched together where there were absolutely sex scenes. And the same thing, I had to close my eyes, but I would always like try to peek through or stuff, you know, because it was just like, what am I not allowed to watch this for? Uh, but, you know, hey, I think uh, once you get to about 10 years old, you're able to handle all that stuff. That's when I saw my first trauma movie. So about 10 oh. is when you're allowed to screw your mind with all that weird stuff.
0: Yeah, I In agree. my
1: opinion, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: So why cool. did you want to do...
0: Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. So this is there- actually a
1: first watch for me. So oh, really, okay. So yeah. Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. I uh, probably right before October first. I watched Ghost Watch, which is an incredible <laughs> made-for-TV movie from the, B- the BBC, and it was sort of like a, a, a faux um, newscast uh, in Halloween in the early '90s in, in Britain. And what they did though was they took real newscasters from the news. So people had no idea it was fake. They put it out on Halloween and they and they scared everybody because it's all about like a poltergeist in a, in a house and they're live streaming it. And then I don't want to spoil anything, but it's <laughs> great. So watching that movie, realizing that it's really a masterpiece um, and it was for TV, I sort of said, you know what? What other TV, made for TV movies are out there? And I started researching, I sent you that, um, list that I was working off of cool ass cinema that there's a an article about the top 20
0: yes yes I was reading that
1: yeah so I sort of started going through that list and some of them I had seen before like duel or uh, don't be afraid of the dark and dark night of the scarecrow but dark night of the scarecrow worked because uh you got a farm you got a farm uh motif going on for this month that's true <laughs> <laughs> so it's perfect and uh so besides just that, I've honestly, I've been deep, d- diving deep on these made-for-TV horror movies. There's some incredible ones. The Midnight Hour is like an underrated – um somebody just described it as sort of like uh, people who made Thriller wanted to make a feature-length version of that video. So it's all just like that level of costuming, and it's just so cool. It was from 1985. But there's so many of them. But I think The Dark Knight of, of the Scarecrow is one of the most – is the one of the deepest in in a lot of ways philosophical spiritually uh you know existentially social sociologically it's a really intense piece almost a Greek tragedy in, in a it form. Was,
0: <laughs> and it was actually kind of scary like i i mean I, I was thinking about this after I read that article and I was like, what is it about TV made for TV horror movies that make them so scary because you know a lot of us want to see the violence or the gore or the kills or You know, we want to see it be graphic. And I was like, but made for TV, they have to really work on like scaring you without using
1: that. Yes. And this is one of the greatest examples of how to film a death scene that's truly terrifying without showing almost anything.
0: Yeah. Because you know what's happening. Like, you know what happens. Like, I'm watching it and I know the wood chipper goes on and Harless is hanging there. And I'm like, well, they can't show it. But it's like, it's almost like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Everything's like power suggestion and it's implied. So like, even though you don't see it, you see it like Completely. in your head, like you saw everything that happened when he went through that wood chipper. And it's definitely, yeah, like it was, yeah. it was really good and scary. It's just <laughs> really. as
1: intense as say in Fargo, when they actually show you <laughs> the the, yeah. the blood splattering and stuff, it's almost more intense because you're creating the scene in your mind. The other death that comes to mind that's truly horrifying is grain death. The guy in the grain silo, and he gets buried alive by the grain. What yeah, a horrible Philby. win. <laughs> <I know.
0: laughs> yeah. And that you see a- him, he's trying. And, and you know yeah. what? I I recognize that guy. He was in Bride of Reanimator. He played Detective Leslie.
1: Oh, you're kidding. Well, this cast is, oh, that's another reason. This cast is truly spectacular. I mean, I have it yeah. up here right now. You got Larry Drake, of course, who's Dr. Giggles, also the the villain in Man. Uh that guy is yeah. a, a legend, right? But you have Charles yeah. Durning in in a in a villain role and I I read somewhere some critics said that it was like sort of laughable that Charles Durning was the villain. I don't think so. I think he did an amazing job being a creep. Yeah, uh, he was a creeper. A total creeper. Then you got the guy, what's his name here? Um uh Lane Smith who as many people will remember is the uh lawyer, the prosecutor in um My Cousin Vinny who goes up against Joe Pesci. And he's also the dad and son-in-law for people who are into Pauly Shore movies. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. <laughs> I, lo- I think son-in-law is a minor masterpiece. So, But that's another horror podcast. <laughs> yeah. Then on top of it, oh, my God, you got Jocelyn Brando, which is who's is the sister of Marlon Brando. And if you shaved her head, this isn't a dig in any way. I mean this... Genuinely, if you shaved her head, she looks like Colonel Kurtz. She looks like Marlon Brando almost exactly, other than the fact that she's a woman. Uh, and huh. she's a great actress. She's incredible in this movie as the uh, the mother of the, the the poor man who gets. Uh, I don't know. Do the we mother. want to give spoilers?
0: Oh, yeah, no, I talk about everything. Everyone, okay. People know this already because of how I do a deep dive and everything. It's going to be spoiler territory. So I don't even say spoilers anymore. Okay. Everyone so, knows if they're going to listen to this. But, yeah, she plays no. Bubba's Bubba's, Bubba's
1: mom. mom, who's the poor man who gets, uh, un- who gets wrongfully killed by a mob of idiots who think that he murdered a young girl and when, in fact, he saved her life. Oh, yeah. my God, how tragic. And then the final yeah. cast member I want to mention here is Alice Nunn. You may not recognize her name right off the bat, but she was Large Marge in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Okay? I never I, saw her. Large either. Marge? Yeah, I never saw her in another movie. And me and my girlfriend are watching Dark Knight of the Scarecrow in preparation. And she goes, that's Large Marge <laughs> <laughs> on the screen. We're like, what? That's ah. oh, amazing. I'm going to have to watch
0: it again now because I didn't even see. I didn't even pick her up. But I'm like, and I'm, I love that part in Pee-wee's. Big adventure yeah
1: if you this, this it's, I, I forgot what scene it is exactly because I, I didn't watch it for about a week or so she's in it and we screamed and then when we went and we confirmed on imdb so cast oh, is okay. unbelievable even the little girl is great
0: yeah mary um merrily mary lee i can't say her name right
1: but
2: <laughs> mary but lee, yeah no, I, I
0: recognize some people in the cast definitely i mean of course reanimator fan the first thing i noticed i was like hey i know doc uh, detective leslie yeah He's in and reanimator what you know probably my second favorite movie from to reanimator but oh. yeah, Re- yeah reanimator is my favorite movie of all. okay time. so
1: that's the tops and then bride is is right after oh it would amazing. have to be
0: underneath yeah oh. and then you know there's from beyond anything with jeffrey combs pretty much i i As everyone knows, (laughs) I love him. There you go. I'm so jealous you guys got to have him on the show. Uh, (laughs) I have yet yet to meet him. I will do a Jeffrey Combs month, I I promise. But uh, one thing I did, of course, like I said, I I deep dive into this, and I'm going to mumble and stumble on my words a lot, uh, was was the character of Otis. And the first thing I noticed was I was like, oh, my gosh, I love Freud. I'm like, this is defense mechanism 101 projection, like – power of manipulation power of suggestion like projecting his inner turmoil fears onto bubba so and then manipulating other people to see it even though it's not there and i'm just watching him and i was like he's the true villain of this whole movie is is otis like just how manipulating he is and then i'm trying to think as i'm watching i'm going well why is what is it about Bubba like is it because he's special needs is that why he has so much anger towards him because in the 80s you know people with special needs weren't treated well you know they were treated as less than but then of course there's that scene with Miss Ritter I even wrote it down and where she says like you don't fool me Hazel Rigg not for a minute I've seen how you look at that little girl
1: oh my god and that makes it so Much worse, obviously, because at first you just think he's just a mean old bastard. But then it turns out that he's coveting this young girl and he's jealous of poor Bubba. Of Bubba's relationship
0: with her. And then it all pieces together. And that it makes it even creepier. And it makes me I mean, I already didn't like Otis. Of course. But it makes me look at him in such a completely different light. Because at first I look at him as someone who's very naive, probably wasn't raised well. And was taught these sadly taught these you know and people you know you have to break the cycle not everyone breaks the cycle but then when I realized he's a pedophile and he he's jealous because Bubba can be friends with Marilee because as his mom says I think she says like he's no older than her in his mind right so and that and then when she says that he runs like he runs away
1: oh it it stabs
0: him like a knife Yeah, yeah yeah and that's when it all kind of pieces together was that like And it really made me go, oh, he's he's a he's a true villain. Like, I I can't wait to watch him die now.
1: Yeah, because the way that that scene plays out. So he goes to confront Bubba's mother after there's an accident. And um, he thinks that Bubba's mother is seeking revenge and, you know, either probably dressing up like the scarecrow. And he goes there with like sort of the upper hand. And when she says that to him, he completely cowers because she's got his number. Um, The other thing that's off-putting about Otis is that throughout the whole movie, he's wearing a male man's uniform. And at first, I don't even know why I didn't register. I thought he was a cop. And just, so he's wearing this uniform and it almost makes him feel or seem like he feels like he has the right to do this because he is some sort of an authority figure, even if it is just the male. You know, he's an important member of the society. So he feels like he's the right- he has the right uh choices that he's making about about going against this this poor man and and it's immediate i mean the first scene is him watching Bubba and the little girl play, and he immediately drives off and he says to his friend, you know there are more permanent solutions that we should do to this guy it's like what yeah <laughs> oh hey, they, they just they just jump
0: right into him right yeah
1: in yeah, it's not you don't even give him a second to be um." you know likable it's immediate it's insane and yeah. it's beautiful writing
0: yeah like you said yeah yeah now i forgot yeah
1: he, the, he's he not in any way ever out of that mailman's uniform even, no he's not he's always end, wearing it yeah he's always wearing it it's it's really off-putting it's really off-putting
0: so. probably because he makes him feel like you said very important like even though he's yes. a mailman to him that's he's an authoritative figure so. it's almost
1: as if he's acting like he's the sheriff or something.
0: Yeah, like nobody in the yeah. town
1: stops him, but really.
0: Yeah. And then, like I said, and then he goes and manipulates. I mean, all the men are at fault. I said, you know, as I'm watching, I'm like, all the men are at fault. But Otis, to me, was the true villain because he's the one who was, you know, sadly, some people are easily manipulated. Some people are very, it's very suggestive. And the fact that he's the one, like you said, coveting this little girl and wanting this little girl, he's projecting that onto Bubba and being like, hey, guys, we need to keep this girl safe because we don't know what Bubba's going to do to her when the truth is like, no Otis, it's you who we oh, should be yeah. afraid of. Oh yeah. You know, but he was yeah, like definitely. But then I but I kind of felt bad for his friends because it's like they they should have never done it, but it's like you can really see the power of manipulation and how powerful it can be and how easily someone can be manipulated to follow the crowd or think yeah. like Otis did. Acts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's oh. just it's and that's even scarier. Was that Otis had that power to get three other men or three other people to join in his little vigilante brigade and kill this man?
1: And then what's worse is that the, the they the, his friends sort of once they find out that it was a, that Bubba actually saved the little girl's life as opposed to ending it. Uh, yeah, they all feel remorse, and Otis immediately starts to sch- scheme to get out of it. You know, yeah. it's not even, it's, there's not even a split second where he's like, oh, we did the wrong thing. No. He's like, how do we, how do we cover this up?
0: Yeah. I, I actually wrote that down. I was like, they, the men felt guilty. They felt remorse. They actually felt bad for what they did, which at least shows that they have some kind of empathy within them. And then Otis. Yeah. is just immediately like justifying everything he did. Like, no, it's okay. Like, this is why I did it. And, you know, and yeah, we're going to cover it up. And then like, threatening some of them like no you're not going to go and say anything we're you know everything's going to be okay you know otis will take care of it you know otis will yeah. sweep it under the rug otis will take care of you and
1: but unfortunately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really he's actually kind of a, a horrible villain. like uh and he's not really smart either he's like going about yeah. it all wrong in every single way
0: <laughs> yeah and um, I was gonna say the one, and and I will jump all over the place, and I sorry, I do this. No, that's fine. One thing I really liked about this movie too was, um, and this is where some of the scares get in there, was that I actually really did think for a minute that there was nothing supernatural going on. Like I thought maybe right. there was right. someone who saw what was going on and is dressing up as a scarecrow or putting the scarecrow up because you never see the scarecrow really like except for being propped up in different fields so my i started going well maybe there is someone that would actually kind of be interesting that someone is you know trying to you know for bubba you know like i'm gonna get these people back and then it's at the very end you do realize like oh my gosh there is something going on so for me that it it made it like almost scarier because like sometimes human beings can be monsters no Bubba's not a monster but it's just the whole idea that human beings can do this and then I was like oh but it is a scarecrow so yay
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's 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 not really Bubba but it's 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 the vengeance of Bubba in a way and there are there were theories I read actually online that um maybe the district attorney was uh the the scarecrow because he says something like I'm gonna see you on death row gentlemen it's like a little hint that people say hey maybe that's it no 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 I like the fact that it's supernatural Me too. And I like that it plays with your head before
0: it shows you like, oh yeah, this is supernatural. And it really plays with your head, like makes you think like, what is going on? Is it this? Is it that? Yeah, And then it's like, and then and a part of me too was like, Am I going to see the scarecrow? It's called Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, and I haven't <laughs> seen the scarecrow yet. Yeah, I'm like, there. I want to see the scarecrow. And this... finally at the end, I'm like, Yay!
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get to see him, thankfully. And, you know, this is the, I guess this is credited as sort of starting or kicking off the su- a scarecrow subgenre. So after this, you've got plenty of movies where the scarecrow was running around and doing ridiculous things, but this one was a little more uh, mysterious if you will yeah it's i loved it you know what getting back to the death though the wood chipper i realized you know why that's so effective the wood chipper death is that it cuts from the wood chipper you don't see anything and then into a big splat of ketchup um, oh yeah like that's right food. yeah oh, it's so it's, it's one of the best cuts like uh, editing uh death it's so good it's like right up there with the lawrence of arabia match cut so good well, wood chipper death is one of
0: those ones that creeps me out. Like just the oh. idea. Like some deaths like really get under my skin, and like a wood chipper for some reason because you can't survive it. There's nothing you could do. Like there's no oh. like way around it. So anytime I see a wood chipper death, I'm like, unless it was from like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, where it was hilarious.
1: Right, that's funny. <laughs> you
0: know, <laughs> but this one, as I'm watching it, I'm like, you piece. I pieced everything together, and I was like, oh my god, they're not gonna do it. But this is what I was. As I was watching this, I was like, I do need to watch some more made-for-TV movies because I do like how they have to be really – not I don't want to use the word smart, but they have to be really inventive of how to scare a person.
1: Economical, yeah. They don't have yeah, all like the they,
0: – uh... they, they can't show too much blood or gore or anything like that or be too graphic. They have to keep it. It's like um, It. I did watch It with my mom on TV, and oh, I yeah. always remember – like there wasn't much really that can scare you but tim curry's pennywise still scares me to this day like oh, i yeah. mean and i mean i can watch the movie and not go ah like not that kind of scary but it gets under my skin every yeah. single time i i watch it because it was he was so normal looking and here's my little rant. I'll do a little Joe Bob rant right
2: now. <laughs> okay, good. good. Everyone,
0: <laughs> everyone talks about how great the new Pennywise was. And I think he was. I love Bill Skarsgård. Like if he ever wanted to ask me out on a date, I'd totally say yes. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I thought he was really good. He had big shoes to fill. But the reason why I loved Tim Curry was because that's the clown a kid would go to. If you sat, If you put them next to each other, You're not going to go to the new Pennywise. He still looked very scary, but Tim Curry's looked normal. Like, that's the kind you would see, and that's what made him scarier, is that more kids would be drawn to him in an instant and think, oh, that's just a normal clown. And even to this day, it still creeps me out that this is a made-for-TV movie, but somehow his clown was just – I still hate clowns to this day.
2: Like. (laughs)
0: I still hate clowns to this day because of this movie. I cannot like go to a circus or see a clown. Or if my daughter wants to see a clown, I'm like, bye. You can... <laughs> Mommy's not going to go with you. But that's my little thing about, it. I was like, I love the new it. I thought it was amazing. I thought he had big shoes to fill. But if you stuck those two clowns next to each other, which one are the kids going to be drawn to? The one that looks like Bozo the Clown.
1: Yeah. Tim you Curry. know, great point because as soon as, um, It's just like evident in the opening scene of each one, the the, the one with Skarsgård, yeah, you look in there and it's like, that's a creepy ass thing that no child, even the most ridiculous kid, isn't going near it. You're right. That's such a great point. And that's probably why a lot of people don't like it.
0: Yeah, I still liked it. I thought thought he did a great job because I actually read, believe it or not, I think I was 12 when I read the book It.
2: Uh-huh. my yeah. mom
0: read it and was like hey you should read this it's a really good book and i yeah. read it as a kid and i was like they did follow the book a little bit better so i do like it that way and yeah. like i said but that's my little rant but it's the whole idea of like t- made for tv movies they have to find ways to make it really really scary totally. and just with that one that was scary or i saw salem's lot with my mom and couldn't believe that was a made for tv movie with the kid knocking on the window i was like let me in
1: yeah oh that's in that's the iconic oh
0: yeah but it's so effective there's nothing nothing's going on no one's killing my windows right now i know right like (laughs) but there he is just knocking like
2: hey let me in yeah it's okay
0: like still gets under my skin to this day but i so for dark knight the scarecrow i really liked it because i was like this is Wow, this is really inventive. You have to find a way to scare people. And yes, I'm the kind of person who's going to watch this next Saw movie. I just watched Halloween Ends last night. Like I'm going to watch any movie you give me. But I do like movies that can get under my skin and scare you without the gore. Yeah. And this That'd one really sing. did.
1: Yeah. Like cuz like um th- when uh the the Jocelyn Brando uh Bubba's mother says there are other Uh, something, I don't remember the exact quote, but there are other um, revenge other than earthly. So, you know, I forgot the quote. It's exactly, but it's like, almost like she knew that um, the supernatural was coming. And uh, it's like this forewarning where, I don't know. I don't know what's scarier. Is it human beings or the supernatural? I I personally think the supernatural is more fearsome, in my opinion, because (laughs) a human if you if they come at you, you, ca- you have the chance to fight back and win. You have the chance. They're, they're, <clears throat> they're not immortal. But supernatural beings, they're immortal, essentially. So how do you destroy them? Especially a scarecrow that has rot- risen from the grave. I don't know. That, that scares mm-hmm. the ever-living... And, and the fact that it ends in a pumpkin patch is amazing. Yes. You know, it's like the spookiest uh, time of the year for the spookiest part of the movie. I, I don't know it's it really it got me going this Halloween season
0: definitely I, I liked actually how Otis got killed I like the whole idea that he because you're as you're watching you're thinking it's the I can't remember it was um what kind of truck that was I should know because I have to read like truck books to the children in my oh, oh, oh. What? yeah they I didn't all love different kinds of trucks but I was like yeah. is that a digger is it a something and I'm watching it and it, I'm just waiting for it to get him yeah And like, I'm waiting. I'm like, it's going to get Otis. And then as soon as he turns around and stops and I'm like, what what happened? And then (laughs) I saw, I was like, now that's the definition of like just desserts. Oh, yeah. The same pitchfork that Otis planted to say like, oh, we were just defending ourselves. Self-defense was the one that killed him. And the look in his eye also got me because he knew it too
2: oh yeah
0: like otis pieced it together like he looked down saw that pitchfork saw that scarecrow and in two seconds he knew exactly what was going on and then he died and i was like yeah you deserved it
1: sorry i i wish you know i so i i grew up in a town where unfortunately uh it turned out that one of the priests had been molesting children and i Uh can only wish that there was a, a scarecrow that was in my town that destroyed that person. You know what I mean? Like so that that's why yeah. it's something like this. You see a, a movie where the villain is so heinous. You only wish that these things could happen in real life. And in, in when it involves
0: pedophilia and children. Of
1: course. I mean that's the worst possible sin on earth is is that. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, is,
0: I I read some articles about it about like even just in like jail or in incarceration. If you do anything to a child, you are the bottom of the
1: barrel. Oh, forget it. Yeah. That, and and, and dr- just justified.
0: <laughs> yeah. And people, and even these people who've done other things, well, you're the bottom of the barrel if you were one of those people and it, yeah. they'll, they'll go after you and you're not safe in jail at all. Like,
2: and it's, it's, I, thought, I read,
0: I heard one that was like the guy had to be stuck in um, solitary, solitary confinement because of like what he had done because wow. all the, yeah, the because other there was, room. um, we're gonna kill them.
2: Yeah. But it's well, just,
0: yeah, because okay. so it's like pedophilia is definitely one of those things that's like, oof. It's, and it's I quite- hate studying it too. I hate it because I have to study it because oh, you of Oh, I have to? No.
2: Oh, Because in
0: my major, it's part of abnormal psychology and it's part of like people with pedoph- who are pedophiles have, you know, go to therapy and stuff. So I have to study it. And so it's one of the ones consider- that's one of the hardest oh. things to study and read case studies and sure, read into sure. it and learn their background with because and my whole I'm to a mom too <laughs> like
1: yeah oh exactly oh my
0: god and my brain goes to if anyone ever touched my kid i'm i'm gonna kill him
1: that you, you put know on a scarecrow mask and go nuts
0: yep i'm gonna go so seeing <laughs> when i found out otis was a pedophile that's when i was like it all makes sense god. now and I'm like I hope to god Bubba as a scarecrow gets this man because I yeah. want to make sure Mary Lee's safe and then there's that scene of him talking to her at the party
1: oh so yeah so you know what's so funny is probably the <laughs> the most ridiculous thing in this whole movie is it, it's that scene where he goes to confront the little girl yeah it opens up and he is like looking through a skeleton mask did you see that it's so off-putting because it happens for like two seconds but he's looking like through a Halloween decoration at her and then moves out and you see his face. It's so funny, but then, yeah, then it's a really intense scene. Cause he kind of thinks that she has something to do with it, you know? So you're, you're not only fearing for this little girl's life, but also, you know, this man is sort of afraid of this little girl, you know, now the tables have turned. Yeah. Very interesting scene.
0: But it's still just the way he talks to her. And then, and that's when you know about it. And then he like gets right up and, oh
2: yeah oh. oh
0: so it creeps me out this it like does. it just creeps me out like after Miss Ritter said that and then you realize what's going on and then he yeah he's like blaming the girl but at the same time he's like you can still tell he's very interested in the girl and he's conflicted at that point and then when she says like Bubba told me that's when he like mm-hmm. sits back sits and back. then I think yeah and that's when he goes yeah, but that scene too really gets got under my skin too, and and also the whole town thinks Otis is like some great person.
1: Right, I don't know how he confuses them, <laughs> and and what what is his living situation? He just rents a room from in like a boarding house or something.
0: That's what I was trying to wonder too, because I, yeah. I couldn't figure it out either. Like what what his deal was? Yeah, if he's in one of those, I forgot what kind of places they they're called. I think yeah, boarding house or
1: yeah, there's because there's like all that. sorts of people living there, and he just has a room. And when his friends show up, he's kind of mad that they showed up. He's like, I told you never to come here. And he has to bring him into his yeah. room. Re- it's just such a weird scene. So it gives even more of a, a peek into this guy's strange life. You know, mailman yeah. make pretty good salaries. Why does he have to be stuck in a boarding house? He must have done something ho- else horrible in his life to get into that situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right? It's so weird. It's such a bold <laughs> movie for a TV <clears throat> movie because – this was a CB. I believe it was CBS uh, at nine o'clock yeah. to eleven o'clock. For, yeah. At the of the time, it, I mean, there's it, so many racy sort of things in this, and spooky, and it, it, good for ABC to not to. Uh, was it ABC or CBS? Let me look real quick. But it's good for them because they didn't really change the script that much. CBS. It was a okay. CBS <laughs> Saturday Night movie in October 4, twenty fourth, nineteen eighty one year before it's, i was born oh there you go it's it's a bold movie i gotta be honest it to put that on somewhat prime time is is pretty nuts
0: but it, like i said it was good I, I they don't even i don't even think they do tv movies like that anymore
1: not that i've seen i mean like almost every movie is a tv movie because it comes on streaming now That's true. <laughs> but not like this not like You know, I miss the nostalgic uh, millions of people tuning into something all at once. That's why the last drive and watch alongs are so special because so many people tune in and are watching this, uh, having this communal experience watching these movies. I I get sort of like, um, it makes me happy that so many people probably tuned into Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Probably over a million people were watching all at the same time, like being shocked all at the same time.
0: And then you talk about it because I remember only like, a handful of kids were allowed to watch it <laughs> like me, you know, right. but then you get to go to school and talk about it. And then you you have to wait until some of them, you have to wait until next week because they're a two-parter, <laughs> but then it's something to talk about afterwards. Like you go to school and you get to talk about these, this movie you saw because mom and dad either fell asleep or they're cool parents and let you watch it. Or yes. you just sneak into your older brother's room to watch it. Things like that. But yeah, I do miss that, the nostalgia of that too, because I do remember watching, the only one I remember watching was It on TV. Uh huh. I probably watched uh-huh. other ones. I just don't remember. I remember my mom renting some other movies that sure. she said were made from TV. I know I said to you that I remember watching Duel mm. in film class when I was in high school. Yes. And my teacher was really big on the whole, like, snakeskin boots representing the devil aspect or <laughs> something. Like, he was really big on, like, symbolism. But I think I, it, it I a, get it. I get it. But I do, and but Last Drive-In, it's very nice to have that, like that community. Yeah. So, yeah. and you get to watch along. I only make it through the first movie, sorry. I have to wake up early with a kid the next day, so I only make it through the first one. But That's I actually didn't, I didn't actually um, hear about The Last Drive-In until, I'm a new person. I think it was like, I don't even remember, it was a couple of years ago, maybe?
2: Oh. It was so during quarantine that I- yeah i
0: was it was usually it was right during quarantine i remember this it kept popping up on shutter and i was like what is this show i should check it out and of course which the movie i picked was reanimator and the funny thing is (laughs) here i'll go on another rant um (laughs) i looked at it and i said i've never seen reanimator i need to watch this so i'll watch it on the last drive and whatever i'll check this out and as i'm watching it not only am i falling in love with the show but i'm watching reanimator going seen this movie before I love this movie Awesome! I'm like oh my gosh like I know I've seen this movie and it like brought all like not the memories of watching it but I knew I watched it so right. it got me all and all excited to be like into the drive-in the last drive-in and I binge watched everything that you guys had on shutter oh. and then I became All about Reanimator, and it made me fall in love with Jeffrey Combs. So people think I've been in love with Reanimator and Jeffrey Combs for like years and years and years. I was like, no, it's something that like sparked like an old memory that I had. That's incredible. Ignited it and made me go, oh my god! And then yeah, I found the Last Drive-In. I found the community on Twitter, and it is nice to have that. We need more of that. I agree. And you guys need to play the Last Night. And you guys need to play um, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow now on your show.
1: I would love to do a made for TV uh, night and I would love to put Yuki in the scarecrow outfit, <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> right, so chasing, chasing Joe Bob in a mailman's outfit. That would be perfect.
0: <laughs> Cause Yuki's not a spooky.
1: Yuki's right. Not a spooky. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would be amazing to do. Uh, I remember back in the early stages of the last drive in, there was talk of maybe doing ghost watch at one point but i think this the rights left uh shutter unfortunately hopefully uh. they get it back but um yeah made for tv movie night would be so good there's so many good ones um there, but,
0: yeah i saw oh uh, what was the one i forgot what it's called but it's the one about the fairies in the fireplace
1: oh that's don't be afraid of the dark
0: okay yes yes, yes. i saw the remake before i saw the original and then right. i found out the original was a made for tv movie yeah and i was like that made it even scarier
1: yeah and it's 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 so ahead of its time as well, because it's almost like like a, a prototype for those gremlins or or critters or something. And um, it, it, it people cite it as a, a huge influence, like Guillermo del Toro says it was a huge influence on him. And it doesn't shy away. It's also another one of those creepy ones. And what I also like about that one is it ends on a down note. Yeah. Uh, you know, that one's sort of like evil wins. So it's, I don't know, it's, like, it's almost like always a moral to the story with these TV movies. Other than, uh, I don't know, Trilogy of Terror, what's the moral to that story? Don't buy a don't wanted buy doll.
0: They had a uni fetish, African uni fetish doll, something yeah. like that. Don't, yeah. don't buy one. And if you do, don't take the chain off.
2: Right. That, that's the, the moral to the that chain story. the is
0: what did it.
1: Yeah. So Dark Knight well,
0: of the Scarecrow, like, what's that? Don't be a vigilante.
1: Uh, and, don't and
0: don't don't kill someone.
1: Don't kill people. I, I I think it's also um, I don't know. Don't be a pedophile. Yeah, <laughs> that, could be, that could be it. I it, yeah. There's so many things going on in that movie. The um, don't go along with the crowd. You know, speak yeah. up. That that's a good uh, moral for that story. Is like don't let these people steer you in the wrong direction because they're going to ruin your life. If yeah. you listen to if, your, the Otis in your life, get the Otis yeah. in your life out of your
2: life.
0: Yeah. It's almost like adult peer pressure, like being back in high school, like Otis was, you know, would be, I don't know. I don't know if he'd be the top jock or he'd be the, I don't know, the kids smoking in the bathroom. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like know. Like here he's... he is. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> getting these and. Oh, I felt so bad for Bubba. He was know. just so sweet. And I loved his relationship with Marilyn. Yeah. And I didn't think, as I was watching it, I'm like, this isn't creepy at all. Like, you know, he has special needs. And that was the other thing I said was like, it's definitely reflecting on the whole idea that people with special needs back then didn't have a lot of rights and a lot of say and right. were treated terribly and horribly just because why? like there's no there was no reason for it and I you know and I think some of it for other people in the town because not everyone was the nicest person to Bubba but Otis no. obviously hated him for a different reason but all because Bubba had special needs that's that's all it was he was but there was nothing else with him yeah and I know in the 80s like I said that was definitely a problem in the oh,
2: yeah.
0: is you know so and this is one of the things about my show is that like you can definitely see it reflecting history like you know this was what was going on I say if you really want to know learn take it uh, not if you want to learn history put on a horror movie because you're going to know what's going on at that time Mm -hmm. literally going to know what's going on at that time because it's going to reflect on that and it's going to um tell the viewer like hey this was going on and it's not okay yeah And I think for Bubba, that was one of the things I noticed was that it's really talking about people with special needs at the time. For me, maybe maybe they're not saying this, but I'm hoping that in a way the writer was trying to say, like, you know, these people like Bubba didn't have rights. They didn't have a say. They didn't you know, they were looked down upon by society. And that's wrong because look what happened to Bubba. People like Otis get away with murder. If yeah. that makes any
1: sense. Absolutely. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's in there for sure. And um, it's such a well-written screenplay, but also the guy who directed it uh, wrote the novels for The Entity and for Audrey Rose. So these guys are coming from a literary standpoint already. So, of course, yeah. they're trying to bury, not bury, but leave themes in there that will uh, get people thinking for sure. For sure. It's by design.
0: Okay, because sometimes I'm like, am I just reading too much into these movies and just like making up my own shit? <laughs> or no, like...
1: that but that all the best horror movies, uh, in my opinion, have some sort of a thing like that. That's at the end you come away thinking like, oh, what did they mean by this and that and the other thing? You know, if you, if sometimes it's good to go in and have the splatter fest. It's like that was yeah. great. The kills it. Uh, no, but sometimes <laughs> you need the 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 food. You know, that it's yeah. like these thoughts are like the food, and that's what that's what uh, these good yeah. movies are all about. Like I say, peel back,
0: you got to peel back the layers and see what's underneath. And I think sometimes too, I was, one of the things for myself is that even if it's not intentional for what the writer or the director or what they're putting on screen was intentional or not, it's also one, how the viewer interprets it. And two, sometimes it's buried in their subconscious. Yes. Like, and they don't realize that this is the message that they're putting out there. Yes. And I always use my example of George Romero with Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Like, he even says, like, he didn't realize the message he was showing and the reflection of history he was showing until he was driving to drop off, I forgot what festival, but he was trying to, or getting distributors for the movie. And then he realized, like, how powerful his movie was going to be. And I'm like, so even if it's just subconscious or not, but it's like, there's always something there. That's why Mm -hmm. I'm always I'm a minority in this when I say there's no such thing as a bad horror movie because there's always something there. For one, you can I always agree. find okay. something. Yeah. You can always find something to interpret. There's always something else there. And also it's someone's dream and vision. And I'm not going to ever crap on someone else's dream and vision, but it's the whole idea that there's always something underneath. There's more going on. And that's why like my goal in life is to get my master's I don't even know if I can get my master's in this, but I'm going to find out a way to do the psychology of horror movies because I'd like to teach at a film school. I want to teach people and have them find the love of the genre that I have by digging deep into them.
1: That's a great goal. And I think that that would be a great <laughs> class, too. If I, I had some awesome. The, the thing about my film school was like on the production side, it wasn't the best because, you know, like the, the guy who ran my film school, his big claim to fame was that he. Uh, assistant edited jaws 3d all right uh, big deal but in in the film theory classes i had these great great professors who were like great critics and great thinkers and and uh and that i love i would i would have taken your class 100 <laughs> percent for real so I, I, just, I think that's a great thing to aspire to and not only that maybe you know you got this podcast which you, you're you're sort of it's sort of like your research do a book <laughs> Get, get all the thoughts together from these podcasts and sort of distill it down into a book.
0: That's actually a good idea. I never even thought of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's such a great concept, like, because I'm sure that there are certain cl- colleges out there that have a similar class, but you have a great point of view. Uh, just listening to your Children of the Corn episode, you deep-dived into the, and, and try, started to get me thinking, yeah, who is the one, the man who walks behind the rose? and all that stuff and it's really thought-provoking you know what I started to think while you were talking is that maybe it's adulthood in the children of the corn is that it's that's it's, you know they, they don't want to grow up The the one who walks behind the rose is the man who's got to go to work for a living. Right. You know that's saying? actually I, that's actually really good I didn't even think of that yeah so- you got you got me thinking and I was like oh what what else could it represent and that's what I, I yeah. came up with because of your thoughts so <laughs> oh, it, you got something going on here for sure it's great
0: I just I I don't even know where it started I just wanted to combine my two loves psychology and horror movies and
1: yeah.
0: it probably started with I wrote an essay called the thrill of being scared I was allowed to write whatever I wanted it was in order to graduate with my associates and I was like I want to know why other people like scary movies like me I want to mm-hmm. know and that's where I started really diving deep and I saw the documentary nightmares in red white and blue and it that it was good. I like that. It, yeah. yeah, focuses on each decade and the fears of society and how horror movies reflect on it. And that's where I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. And then I, just, I don't know. I just started kind of piecing things together, and I started going more in, and then I just found that this was something that I loved, and it's it's fun. <laughs> and yeah, it's
1: like- and it because you got made a good point is that um, the horror movies reflect the the thoughts, fears, and uh, issues of the time, but also. You could probably psychoanalyze the director for why he would even want to make this movie in the first place or what what appealed to him about this story. So there's so many layers that you could get into talking psychology from the the macro to the micro on these things. And I think Dark Knight of the Scarecrow is one. If if people out there who are listening haven't seen it, (laughs) uh, sorry that we spoiled it, but it's still worthwhile and it's on Peacock for free and uh, to be for free, I believe. So, yeah,
0: and it's on Shutter. That's where I watched oh, it. Oh, it's
1: on Shutter too. Okay, yeah. I didn't notice yeah. it was on Shutter. That's great. Yeah,
0: that's where I watched it. I, if if it's on Shutter, I'm gonna watch it on Shutter just because it's my favorite streaming app.
1: Heck yeah! So, well, wait. So, what other uh, uh, farm movies are you doing? This because I I know I suggested Splatter Farm, but now that that was before I realized how intellectual this show was. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, and I also have to keep it under a certain amount of time because I literally only can watch x amount of x sure. amount a night. And so Splatter Farm is one
1: of those that's more of an anomaly because these 17, 16-year-old kids managed to make a movie and get it distributed. So it's an interesting story. But the story itself, I don't know if you really need to analyze it. Although you could because it's sort of like the, yeah, the 16-year-old boy's mentality making this horror movie and what they yeah. think should should be. It's an interesting piece. But, yeah, what else you got coming up?
0: I'm, I'm not sure there's a, a – I either want to do the color out of space because H.P. Lovecraft.
1: Oh yeah, that's great.
0: And it's a newer one, um, and I feel like there's a lot I can go, put, um, kind of dive into. But I read that the curse is loosely based on
2: that.
1: Right. You. I story. forgot you offered me that one, and and yeah. I haven't seen the curse. a uh, Big hole in my repertoire, and I love Will Wheaton, so I want to go and uh, yeah. check that out. So. What's, I'll be watching along Stewie,
0: with you. How does Stewie say it, Will Wheaton? I can't do it.
2: Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton.
0: <laughs> Will Wheaton you know what I'm saying? Because like, every time I hear Will Wheaton, I all I hear is Stewie's voice being like, Will Wheaton. Will Why are you Wheaton. saying it so weird?
2: Yeah, it's yeah. Of- so
0: I don't know if I wanted if I'm gonna just pick something completely different because I would knowing now that the curse is very similar to the color out of space. I'd rather do those together. Right. And I'm only going to be able to do one more show this month because this month, yeah. sadly with everything going on with single, with single mom and school and work, I'm only really able to do like maybe three shows a month now. So, yeah. and next weekend I'm going out to celebrate my birthday. Oh, which is,
1: oh that's right. It's the,
0: 25th. it's the 25th. I'm going to be 40 and I'm, it's hard. I don't know. I'm, I'm not happy about turning 40, oh, but my it's... friend and I are going out. So. Okay, good weekend but i'm not sure yet i was actually thinking about the messengers
1: i oh uh, yeah i haven't seen that one either
0: okay that's a really good one to. i now i can't say what i was gonna say but it's just actually it it goes on the um and i just explained this actually to one of my coworkers the other day because she was like i wonder what that baby's looking at he's always looking at the ceiling and laughing and i said well um there's a theory that children up until the age of five um can kind of see past the veil of not yeah. death, but they can see spirits because one, they don't know the concept of fear and to fear it. And two, according to like native American culture, which is my culture is that um, they just came from the spirit world. Like the el- the elders yes. are going are about to leave to go to the spirit world, but children up until about the age of five are still new to the world and they just arrived from the spirit world. So they still have a connection to the spirit world. Therefore they can see Spirits, but they don't know how to fear them yet, and the messengers plays on that. So I'm already like, oh my god! Now I have to see this movie again because I remember my mom talking about this because she was Native American and telling me that like she's like children can see spirits, like, and she truly believed it. And there's a moment I'm not kidding. My daughter one time when she was probably 18 months, she's playing and playing and just looks up and like her eyes were tracking someone smiling and waving to them. I, and there was no one there. And then goes back to playing. And two seconds later, she's tracking the other way. So that's why I'm like, I might do the messengers and save like the color out of space and the curse to do together some other
1: time. But sure, sure. No, it's. I don't uh, know. I'm gonna watch <laughs> the messengers for sure, and I'm gonna watch the curse for sure, uh based on your. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're recommending them exactly, but. <laughs> it, it no seems... I recommend
0: anything like I just okay watch good, good, movies, good what I say just watch okay. them. like the messenger is good because good. I, I like the whole concept of that but then once I was going to originally do the curse and then I was like once I read that it was supposed to be loosely based on the same story I was like oh no now I have to put those two together because I love as you know from children of the corn I love to compare and contrast and sure. I love to see the differences which is one thing I will say I liked about children of the corn was that I have um, night shifts And I really liked how the two different, the the story in the movie had two completely different um, reflections on, I said, relationships. The book is all about toxic relationships and the movie is about stable relationships. Yeah. And like, that was, so I love compare and contrast.
2: Yeah, that's great. Uh,
0: Have they ever thought, are they doing, have they, I think I read that they might be doing a remake of the dark Knight of the scarecrow.
1: I can't remember. I know they made a sequel not too long ago but okay. i don't know about a remake i don't know if it would work nowadays i mean yeah they, it would it would get it would they would take away some of the mystery uh, i'm sure they would go like full gore and yeah uh, here wait dark knight of the scarecrow oh no this is the director so the writer it this is where i get confused about this movie is that the <laughs> the director is the author of the entity and right. Audrey rose the writer is the director of Dark Knight of the Scarecrow 2, which just came out this year? Oh, <laughs> oh
0: yeah. maybe I have to see that one now.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's let's see. It's got a 4.9 on IMDb, but that's not always indicative of whether or not I'll like it. So, yeah, no. And it's, I like a
0: lot of movies that a lot of horror movies, a lot of people don't. And I will always stand on, as my friend Matt from Killer Horror Critics says, stand on that hill and I will always defend Jason X because I, oh, love Jason. sure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I never go by ratings because I'm like, I'm just going to decide on my own whether I like it, but yeah, I actually was thinking, like, how could Dark Knight of Scarecrow work nowadays because yeah. of, like, what's going on in the world now? Like, how could... Because you could still tell the same story, but you'd have to see how it would work in this day and age. So, like, mm. would they change Bubba? Like, who he is to someone yeah. else, or would they change what would they change? So now my brain's going, what could they change? But in the end, some movies don't need to be remade. I do believe that, that not Mm. every horror movie should be remade. And this one might be one of them because I think one of the reasons why it works is because it was made for TV and because it really does scare you in ways that make you go, ugh.
2: Like like you said,
0: like with Philby's death, with the grain silo, like as soon as like the door shut, and he's like sitting in there himself. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, who goes into a silo? Oh, my
1: God. This, oh. Like,
0: hi. Like, this, that was like the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. When you had a yeah. car sitting right there in like your office sitting over there.
1: Oh, and, and then, then, the, then big, the other thing I just re- remembered is with Otis is that he actually betrays his friend. It, when they go to here. dig up Bubba. Yeah, they dig yeah, up Bubba's here. grave to make sure that he's dead and the body yeah. is there. And then Skeeter is like ready to go to the police or whatever. And he kills him and puts him in Bubba's grave. With him, Yes, right? he hits
0: him over the yeah. head with a shovel. Well, at first oh. he chases him and is like, no, right. uh, basically has that attitude like, no, I'm going to take care of it. Because Skeeter is like, no, we're going to go. We're going to tell them. We're going to say what happens. Right. I have this cousin in Arkansas who lives, you know, <laughs> out, he's bum Chuck and I'm going to go like live there and get away from it all. And then, otis chases him and is like no no everything's okay right and then yeah he gets him over the head with the shovel and then because to me i'm like i bet he wasn't even dead he buried him alive oh so my god he almost, that's my biggest he almost fear almost the out way. the same as <laughs> same way as philby does with the grain oh. silos they're both buried alive and that's buried another alive. like fear that i have is like being buried alive me too
1: it's 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 yeah. it's seriously if there's a hell Oh, and, and I am going to it. I'm probably not going to it, but if I were to go to it, my <laughs> hell would be being in a box buried alive for all eternity and not being able to get out. I, I can, oh, I could. for me, it'd, be with,
0: it'd me. be with spiders because I hate oh, spiders.
1: Yeah, forget it. Spiders in the box. <laughs> no. But at yeah, least no, they can I... keep you company eventually. You could start to talk. Yeah, to no,
0: them. no, I can't do spiders. I can't. <laughs> This is how bad I am. I I was walking into my bathroom. My daughter was behind me and she just looked and screamed spider. And because I have such a phobia, I literally started screaming at the top of my lungs, which scared my daughter. And I felt so bad, but like, I'm screaming. I thought she meant it was on my back. So I'm like taking my shirt off. I'm like freaking out, (laughs) like wiping out my hair, just screaming and crying. And finally I, I was, I was, I stopped and she was, I'm like, honey, it's okay. You, you got to stop crying, mommy. Like you're, you're scary, mommy. And then she goes, it's on the the sink. And I was like, could you have just led with that <laughs> like,
2: and just said, there's
0: a, there's a spider on the sink. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to explain to her what a phobia was. And I said, mommy has a phobia of spiders. Like oh. I actually am definitely afraid of them. Um, I know they can't really harm you, but it's, it's something in my brain that just, I'm scared of them so when you said spider I uh, and pointed towards me I automatically thought it was on me that scared me (laughs) I'm like next time if it's on the counter just tell me it's on the counter (laughs) that's like my that'd be my hell is be like buried alive with spiders crawling talking to a spider spider.
1: yeah oh horrible
2: you know I I have
1: a I have a weird uh phobia of moths I don't know why like I'm more freaked out by seeing a moth than I am by a spider, because I know that the spiders catch the other bugs, and that's helpful. But a moth, what does it do? It just bangs into a light forever and ever. <laughs> and then when they come at you, they're banging into your head or coming at your face. I don't know what they're looking for. They're just blind. It just, they freak me out. Moths. I, I, no, I can
0: <laughs> see that. They're—they kind of They are kind of creepy. But then I'm the snake girl who, like, I try to catch him when I see him. I'm like, oh, you like
1: snakes? Snake?
0: I love snakes. Oh. I I love them. I would just let them crawl all over me if I could.
1: So that Yuki would knock that, that would
0: be my that would be like my heaven is just having a, like a snake pet that would just crawl all over me.
1: Well, I'll tell you something that may <laughs> make you decide against that. Yuki just told me a story. Yuki oh, Nakamura <laughs> from the last drive-in. He said that there was um I think it happened in Jersey is that this woman had a really humongous snake, and it she would cuddle with it and sleep with it at night or whatever in the same bed. And it stopped eating after uh, a little while. And she was getting concerned and it started to sleep like in a straight line in the bed and it wasn't cuddling as much. And so she took it to the vet (coughs) and all the things that she described to the vet, the vet said, well, you know, what it's doing is it's preparing to eat you because what it was doing was starving itself, measuring how long, uh, if it could fit her in its body as far yes. as length was concerned, oh and was God. preparing to eat her. <laughs> that's scary. That is some scary oh, stuff.
0: Okay, well, that is scary, but I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> let it sleep in my bed with me. <laughs> that's so ridiculous. Hang out for a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, you know what would have made Dark Knight of the Scarecrow even scarier is if there were spiders crawling on the scarecrow.
1: That. that yes, absolutely. absolutely. That would make
0: me so... Oh my God, now I'm thinking about spiders and I'm like, oh my God, is there <laughs> spiders anywhere? And I'm just like, nah, oh my God. Fine. And and this is the other thing about my show I go off on tangents and I love oh, it. Oh, yeah.
1: Tangents so are the best. Fun. Sometimes yeah. the best things come out of the tangents.
0: <laughs> that's why I really will say to Joba, I love his rant.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. that That's so good. And they, you know, it's like, that's half the reason you show, tune in for the show is just him going off on some random rant.
0: Right. He reminds me of, like, my my mom's description of, like, her Portuguese side, where she's like, well, take about five different side stories before we come circling back to the original story. <laughs> yeah. she's like, but that's just how it is. Because she was Native American and Portuguese. She was half and half. Yeah. And she was, like, born on a reservation and was sadly um, part of the termination relocation pro- program of the 50s and 60s. And her
2: oh.
0: um, tribe was terminated and she was relocated. But she always talked about her Portuguese side. I was like, no, no, we talk a lot and we go off on tangents and we'll go off about five or different. But she's like, we always circle back to the original story. And I'm always like, sometimes I feel like I'm doing that on the show. (laughs) But then when I see like Joe Bob go on his rant, I'm like, oh, good. I'm not the only one. Yeah. (laughs) Who does that? You you
1: get the tangents to sometimes what brings out the information that was lost in the brain. Because it all of a sudden you go, oh, I remember. You know, just actually just like there's another um, farm based TV movie called Crow Haven oh. farms that uh, is on that list. I sent you that, um, that article it's in there and it's a Rosemary's baby knockoff and it's pretty good. And it, it's it, it, like you say of the times, it like is almost like them capitalizing on the success of Rosemary's baby. They were like, how do we get this going on TV? And they did. Right. Which is- which is really cool. It, it's very, very much like short-haired uh, lead actress. So it's just like Rosemary's Baby, and even just the look—it's very cool. and creepy
0: kids. You keep you gotta creepy look. Kids. You always, I always say look. it's that fear of children, putting fear <laughs> of children in you. Like, do no, I want no. kids? Should I have kids? Oh my gosh, am I gonna raise my kid bad? Creepy oh, kids God. are fun. <laughs> I still love the creepy kid subgenre too. I'll always watch a oh, creepy yeah. kid
1: Yeah, I love that, too, because it really is. It does feed into the idea of like, you know, regardless, when you become a parent, you're now responsible for somebody's life for the rest of your life, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, That's pretty pretty frightening because sometimes for me personally, it's hard to even get groceries for myself now i gotta feed this kid
0: geez yeah it is very true i mean i love being a parent but i'm always i'm also the one who promotes that's like yeah if you don't want kids it's cool too like you don't have to Mm -hmm. like no one's you know maybe you watch too many creepy kids movies i don't know but i'm like it's (laughs) you know i think you know family's just family you don't have to have kids i chose to have a kid but if you don't that's cool too like i'm never i'm not one of those people who's gonna look at you and be like when are you gonna have kids you need yeah. to have kids i'm like no like just family's family and they can all be different yeah. i just chose to have a kid and i Absolutely. love my daughter and she loves you and she loves your songs oh. as you know and she loves dancing to your songs and we sing the spookies rap in the car all the time oh, that's along awesome. with the she really likes the hello mary lou song too oh
1: really so, yes that's cool I know she she changed, that one. she changed the lyrics though uh, to Spookies, which I think is okay. sort of an improvement. I wish I had thought of it first. as, uh, hey, we're watching Spookies. It's a po- 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 poop 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 poopy. Poop poop poopy. That's <laughs> <Pookie>. so good.
0: <laughs> and she did. She really did do it on her own. Like she wasn't. She literally was like dancing around the living room one day, and she's just like. And I don't even think she realized I was like watching her and she's just like, Hey, watch the Spookies. It's a very poop, 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 and then starts laughing at herself <laughs> and then like gets my attention and sings it to me. And I was yeah. like, I was like, I have to let John know about this oh. because I'm like, if, he's going to really appreciate your, uh, your new lyrics.
2: And she's it's, like, okay, <laughs> like, no joke. Cool. it's as,
1: It's that's as much as an honor. As if, uh, say, Weird Al came to me is like, I want to change one of your songs to be about burritos.
2: Your daughter
1: <laughs> saying the poop, 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 poopy is, al- is is almost as it's really great because I sing that sometimes now to myself. <laughs> oh, thank I'll be like, yeah, it's a poop, oh. poop, poop, poop. <laughs> I
0: mean, and she's she's got that like she's really good in the music. Like, oh, now uh, Gardner. Um, said that everyone has a kind of intelligence it's not just academics and she definitely has the music intelligence like she's really good about like catching on to the music and hearing things and then she'll change the words herself or she can really catch on to a song like that which funny is because anytime I've taken that test of Gardner I always rank high in music I don't know why what's the Gardner test it's all about different kinds of intelligences. So people uh-huh. have different kinds of intelligences like interpersonal, um I think it's like um language and something else. There's music, mm. there's nature, there's like it's basically saying like you don't have to just be in order to be smart it's not just math and science. It's everything else. But I always rank high in music and mm-hmm. I don't know why. I'm not a musician but I will say I can hear people out of tune very well, and it cringes me.
2: There you go. <laughs> I, don't,
0: I don't do well at karaoke night when I have to go see hear, hear people sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it's hard to suffer through karaoke when, uh, you know, the people but, aren't even trying.
0: Right, but she's got all that intelligence. Like, she's really good, and she loves your music. And, again, oh. I will say now that I have you – Thank you again for the Jamboree uh, FaceTime with her because you of really her day. like that was definitely something that really like perked her spirits up and she was so happy and she couldn't believe that I knew you and she oh, couldn't wow. believe that I met you and she couldn't believe that like she was talking to you and it just made her it just made her day. That's why actually when I messaged I remember messaging you about Monster Mania she
1: asked if you were going to be there oh you're kidding I wish I could yeah. go oh man yeah
0: she so when yeah last year when Darcy and Joe Bob were there she was like well is John Brennan going to be there too and I said I don't know I'll <laughs> ask him you know maybe he might I don't know one I don't day
1: know <laughs> I, I used to go to Monster Mania but I gotta this year I can't do it uh, but I'm gonna try and get there next year for sure
0: okay good yeah because that's the one I'm gonna start taking her to because it's only a eight hour drive from us so Anyway, sorry. I'm like we're going off on totally random tangents, and I don't care. And everyone knows that about my show, especially yeah. when I have guests on. I'm like, I like it to be more open ended. Like we'll talk about the movie, but we're also going to talk about other stuff because this is what's fun about the show for me, at least. Absolutely, so. absolutely. So I'm actually I'm really am surprised she didn't pop in here. She was all excited about it, She's and then I told her the lyrics
1: I like, to another song.
0: Yeah, maybe sometime you guys should just get together and, like, write a whole song about poop, because she would totally love it. (laughs) Well,
1: uh, here's the truth, the God's honest truth. The first song that I remember writing that was an original song was in kindergarten, and it was called Jamie Poops All Day Long. She Never Stops Pooping. (laughs) I swear. And uh, it was because, like, you know, me and my friend uh, had a crush on this girl. and We didn't know how to show it other than making songs. And so we made this song and it was like, there was like a fart solo in the middle. So There's there's something to be said about kids and poop songs. I don't think there's enough poop songs out there.
0: I don't think so. I did. I, did I um, tell you, like she came home one day and she was like, it's raining. It's pouring. The old man is snoring. He went to bed and pooped his pants and didn't find it till the morning. (laughs) Like literally came home singing this song and I was like, where did you hear that? And she's like, school. And I'm like, did you make that up? She's like, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: good. We need more. I'm like, that's songs. a good
0: one. Yeah. I'm like, that's yeah. great. And then she just sang it all day. So yeah, I guess kids and poop are something they like. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they should have thrown that somewhere in the Dark Night of the Scarecrow is a poop joke. Come on. Yep. We all love it. So I actually, I was going to say, I did cover everything I wanted to talk about for Dark Night of the Scarecrow. So
1: Awesome. Yeah. Anything I think-
0: wanted to uh chat about before i do my
1: little outro no i think uh i think yeah i looked at all my notes i got a uh, <laughs> let's see start of the scarecrow Show. yeah we got all that uh yeah that's really it just just everybody out there if you haven't really delved into the specific genre of made for tv horror movies these are some great ones this is a great one to start with and then there's others obviously we mentioned ghost watch duel but then there's stuff like the night stalker uh mm-hmm. you know that 's such a great one uh- and Dan Curtis is a great pr- place to start because he produced and directed and wrote a lot of these Trilogy of Terror he did the dark shadows series um and then just one more I want to mention, which is a really yeah. underrated one is called the cold Night's Death uh Everybody should look that one up and check it out it's it's like sort of a proto uh thing you know the thing it 's sort of like that, so yeah. everybody check that out
2: oh hey
0: i see <laughs> yeah it's fine you can come over um hi <laughs> so here give me a second i'm gonna do my outro and then um you can say hi after i press done with recording okay just stay right there you're fine <laughs> this is... <Yeah>. so <laughs> i So sorry i told you this. she might just show up i told cool. you can stay in the room it's okay yeah <laughs>
1: She, she didn't like the, she didn't like the pitch for a cold night's death. <laughs>
0: Apparently
1: not. So.
0: Okay. So I'm going to wrap it up for today. Thank you again for joining me here on simple Sarah's horror menagerie. Again, I'm your host, Sarah sin. Thank you for sticking around as I discuss horror history, psychology, mental health and horror movies. Again, thank you, John, for being on my show. This really is like really a treat. Thank you. I thank really you for
1: it. having me. It was, I really appreciate it. And uh, that, you know, I just, I do this because me and Yuki are doing a a podcast buffet. So I'm practicing and you've been a great way to to bounce ideas off of. So thank you so much.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, if you ever want to guess, I would love to talk to you and Yuki about stuff. That would be awesome. So
1: we're going to, we'll analyze some stuff. Yeah. Yuki and John's Patreon buffet. We're launching on Halloween and uh, it's, it's going to be incredible. And on top of that, if this come when is this coming out? This episode?
0: Sunday. Sunday. Okay.
1: Perfect. So next week. Besides just that, Yuki and I will be at the Mahoning drive-in uh, on the 22nd of October doing uh, a double feature of Spookies and things, but it's the the drive-in episode. So they're showing those at the Mahoning, and Yuki and I will right. be there. We're going to host everything. So everybody come on down and say hello. And then, of course, the 21st is the last drive-in uh, Halloween special. So So many That's things coming up.
0: Perfect yeah i know and, it's, and i love it that it's all like right before my birthday so because i'm the 25th so i'm like yay i, I have so much to celebrate <laughs>
1: yeah that'll be a nice lead up
0: yeah oh my gosh that's that's cool so yes everyone go go to, if you're near the mahoney driving please go because that's where we had the jamboree last year it was amazing that's if right. i could make the eight hour drive in one day and back i would but sadly <laughs> i cannot so,
2: <laughs> so
0: i hope you enjoyed the show again thank you for listening And I just want to remind everybody that there's a horror movie out there for everyone to enjoy. So thank you.